So much to talk about, so little time. The whole, quote, Trump is corrupt, end quote, garbage in this, in, quote, impeachment inquiry, end quote, is falling apart. And we got to really question whether it is a impeachment query in the first place. Looks like the Democrats are the ones that are actually guilty of corruption, looking back. It is possible that, is it possible that Michelle or Hillary could jump into the race right now with uh, Biden falling down the wayside and Elizabeth Warren moving forward? Don't know. We're not going to talk about it tonight, but I think that's something we do need to bring up. There was one of the most epic court scenes I have ever seen, and I watch court TV all the time. It made the judge cry. It made the bailiff smile warmly. The family of the victim was crying. The the perpetrator, the convicted perpetrator was crying. Everybody was crying. And this was for a murder trial. But leave it to the left wing, leave it to a left wing organization to really just mess everything up. And the movie Joker is being released tonight, and I might not have any time to talk about it, and I've got a ton of opinions about it. I'm not even going to be able to talk about Rashida Tlaib or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who really had a rough week. I uh, Rashida Tlaib is a racist, and she made herself look like a racist, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's venom has spread to the insane, and it sure sounded pretty insane. Looks like we might be doing a podcast on Saturday or Sunday, and it won't be a philosophical one about my shoes. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. What a freaking news week. I swear to God, I can't even keep up. I, I really need to quit my job so I can I can really start paying attention to some of this stuff. Uh, and we need to talk about a few things before I even get to the main stories that I was going to talk about today, which means I'm probably going to go over and I'm probably going to have to cut it in half and do another podcast this weekend because I think a lot of this stuff is important. So first off, it, I just got a notification from the news media. Bernie Sanders had a heart incident. I believe it was day before yesterday. He was taken to the hospital. He suffered some heart discomfort while he was at a rally. Um, they put in two stints, which is not an uncommon procedure. And uh, today they declared Bernie Sanders did have a heart attack. He's okay. He'll be fine. And nobody wishes him ill will. I don't anyway. I I don't like any of his philosophy. I think he's a terrible human being, but that doesn't mean I want him to die. Um, but this brings into question his age and his health. Bernie Sanders is 78 years old. He's probably not fit to be president. He's had a heart attack. He's got a blockage that required surgery, which required stints. Um, Bernie Sanders is absolutely officially done for the race. And that means that Elizabeth Warren is now going to be officially the candidate for the Democratic Party. Now that brings up a lot of things. This is very important. Elizabeth Warren is an excruciatingly, excruciatingly weak candidate. There's no question. She is a very weak candidate. So this is going to be the opportunity for some people. Does Hillary Clinton jump in? 
I'd say no, because she's already lost twice, and I think she'd get killed this time. Does Michelle Obama jump in? She's very likable. She's very anti-American. Her husband did not do very well. Uh, it would not do very well today. And his presidency was kind of a mess. But is it possible she jumps in? That, I would say no, only because I think she likes the way life is right now for her. But we need to really consider that the Democrats are very weak in this coming election. They are going to lose in 2020. So it might be something to think about that someone actually jumps in before the primaries begin or in the middle of primaries. This has not been the first time this has happened. So we really need to look at this. It's We'll need to talk about this a little later. I think the top two are going to be Hillary and Michelle Obama. Uh, though I don't think either of them really wants to go through this again. And I think Hillary is going to run into the same problems that Bernie is running into now. I think she's got some serious health problems. She's not a young, she's not a young gal anymore. So, but anyway, um, we need to talk a little bit, and I mean literally a little bit, because the size of, electron, size of an electron has not exceeded the size of my interest in this story. But everything seems to be falling apart in this Trump collusion thing with Ukraine. First off, the Ukrainian government has already said, no, we never felt pressured. The U we never felt there was a quid pro quo. We never felt anything like that. Uh, the, um, the Ukrainians never even know. There was a story about Trump holding back defense monies. And that was being pointed out as proof that there was this quid pro quo between Ukraine and uh, uh, Ukraine and the Trump administration. Basically, what the Dems were saying, what the left was saying, is that, oh, see, you held the money and you held it because they want you were forcing them to investigate Biden. That fell apart because apparently Biden um, or uh, Ukraine never knew that they held the money back. So the money was released eventually. That's still kind of a question, but it's not really a heavy question. It's definitely a sign there was no quid pro quo. How about that? It, it, Ukraine needs to know that there was, they were going to get that money for something. And Ukraine never knew. And remember I told you when I first talked about this, that the actual document, the actual complaint looked like a legal brief. Well, apparently, Adam Shifty Schiff, and I don't think he's that shifty because I don't think he's that smart, knew about the complaint, and so did Pelosi before the complaint was actually released, which both of them said, no, we didn't know. There are tweets from both of them that made it clear they already knew about the complaint. So again, they're lying. And Schiff lies. There's no question. I'm sure Pelosi lies too, but she's really good at it and no one could tell the difference. So the the Democratic um, Foundation for Impeachment is absolutely falling apart. They had a hearing with uh, the uh, ambassador for the Ukraine and the ambassador for Ukraine said, no, nothing ever happened. They held a meeting with a Ukrainian official, and the Ukrainian official said, no, we never felt pressured. 
this thing is falling apart and I still stand by my uh, prediction that Trump will be impeached by Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. He will be impeached and this will, nothing will come of it. The Senate will uh, acquit him and he will win in 2020 by a landslide because I don't think Hillary nor Michelle Obama are actually going to jump in the race. I could be wrong. I don't know. This is a weird time in our world, but it seems like everything is falling apart. Now, the Democrats are leaning on text messages, apparently, between Rudy Giuliani, which I'd say he really needs to go away because he doesn't seem like a good spokesman for Donald Trump and a couple of the Ukrainians. It doesn't look good, though in the text messages it says specifically from Giuliani or whoever that we are not having a quid pro quo, where there's no quid pro quo here, we just would like you to do this. So it doesn't look good, it looks sloppy. Again, Trump is an extremely sloppy politician. He is not like Pelosi, who is very, Pelosi or even Schumer, who is who are very polished politicians. Even Biden is more polished. Biden looks worse here. He's done. Uh, I, I give him a couple of months. I think after the next debate, Biden will pull out. Again, there's going to be a lot of talk about Biden's age now that Bernie had a heart attack because Biden is, I think, only about a year, maybe two years younger. And he's showing a lot of He's showing a lack of energy. He's showing a lot of confusion. I, I think it's going to be Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren is going to be the candidate unless something bizarre happens. But here's one thing I want you to know. I'm pretty sure something bizarre is going to happen. I'm just having a hard time believing that this is it. So we'll have to see. Maybe that's my conspiracy theory, but we'll have to see. Uh, the Democrats, if they decide to keep going with this impeachment, they're going to need a savior to save them. Because right now, there is no way they're winning 2020. And they probably lost the House. So, we'll absolutely see what's going to happen. But that's not really the story I wanted to talk about, which is why I spent a grand total of like six minutes talking about it. I wanted to talk about the story of Amber Geiner, Geiger. Um and I, I never talked about this story before, and we'll get to that. So let, let me let me give you the story in case you don't know, because a lot of, some people don't know about it. In September of 2018, Amber Geiger was coming home after her shift as a Dallas police officer. She walked into what she thought was her apartment and saw a black man lying on a couch with some ice cream watching television. She thought the man was an intruder into her own apartment, and she shot him and shot and killed him. When she realized she was not in her apartment, she contacted her partner over in the Dallas PD, and they came over. Eventually, they called 911, and it appeared that this was a murder, and Geiger was arrested. The man turned out to be an accountant named Botham Jean, Jean, Okay, he was just in his apartment, 
This was his apartment. This was not hers. He was eating ice cream, watching television, and basically falling asleep. Geiger was arrested, charged for murder. She's looking at from two to 99 years in prison. They, the uh, jury had the offer of giving her manslaughter, which would have been a minimum of two years prison, or murder, which would have, second degree murder, which would have been a maximum of 99 years. Of course, there was the race thing that was being played in this whole thing, which is why it made national news. But it turned out she did get convicted of murder and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Uh, she was convicted of murder sentenced by a black judge, which I don't think should matter, but it does. I think it does. Uh, because I really don't agree with the race thing when it comes to cops shooting people. Whites shooting whites. White shoot I don't think that's relevant in that whole thing. Uh, and the prosecutor didn't want the 10 years. He wanted 28 years which would have been the age of uh, uh, Botham John, which really would have kind of made sense. Basically, this, this gal's life is ruined. Let's call it what it is. Um, her life is absolutely ruined. But <sighs> this is where the story really comes into play. And I think it's imp I think this was... Okay, hold on. I never talked about this case for a few reasons. First, it was murder, and she's going to be convicted. There was no question. She committed murder. She walked into somebody else's house, and she shot that somebody. I had absolutely no doubt she was going to get convicted, and she was going to she's going to be sentenced to jail, uh, prison. I was not surprised when she only got a ten year sentence because it looked like it did look like an accident, which is number two. The second reason I believe that this wasn't much of a story. This was a second-degree murder or a manslaughter. It was an accident. The, she had just gotten home from a 12-hour shift. There were no drugs in her system. And I know for myself, when I lived in a multi-story apartment building, I have ended up on the wrong story. And it, I think it is not a coincidence that she walked into the apartment right above her own apartment. Now, this doesn't excuse the accident. Okay? The accident was serious. She killed a man. So, she's got to be punished. I don't think there's any doubt. Police officers need to be held at a higher standard than me. If I had walked into somebody's house, had a legally, had a legal gun in possession and thought that that individual was in my house and I shot him. Okay. You give me a little bit of break because I'm not trained that way. She was not to mention there were other procedural issues that just don't make sense. For example, she walks in an apartment. He had different furniture, different layout. How did she not know she wasn't in her apartment? And the second reason is, okay, you shoot someone. Shouldn't you call 911 and get a, get a freaking um, ambulance there? She called her partner. Now, all this can be excused with she was confused, but you really can't. This is, this is what it is. You black, this is what it is. You, you killed a man, period. 
Finally, this story became big because it was a white officer that, quote, broke into, end quote, a black man's apartment. And this proves systemic racism within the law enforcement agencies. I just don't believe in that. So I didn't think it that big a story. I knew she was going to get convicted. I knew she was going to serve jail, jail time and a lot of jail time. So I didn't believe in the controversy that made the national story. If this was a if this was the same situation, but the guy on the couch was white, we would not even hear about it. This is where the story begins, and this is why I am bringing this up. The brother of Jean made a statement after Geiger was sentenced. His name was Brant John. And this was after she was convicted. After she was sentenced to 10 years, the judge allowed him to speak. Now listen to this, and please don't hold back the tears. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. We seriously need far more of this in the world. In a world that is so polarized. Um, Jean had no idea what the reaction of anybody would be. He just said it because that's how he felt. He felt forgiveness. He stood by, he was brave, and his faith just... It's just hard to believe that a man like that and we're not talking this is a 50, 60-year-old man. This kid must have been 18 to 20 years old. He's really young. 
but he had the bravery and faith in his convictions to stand by it, even though he didn't know what the courts would say, what the press would say, what his family would say. We can all learn from this to act more Christ-like. Even the judge was crying. The judge, Judge uh, Tammy Kemp, actually left the courtroom after the hug and brought back her Bible and then read from verse John uh, chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but that have everlasting life. This kid absolutely, without a doubt, understood what that meant. And it was just absolutely fantastic. Kemp then walked from her perch and also hugged Geiger. This was unprecedented and moving. I'm sure the bailiffs were flipping out because that's the last thing they want is a convicted, uh, a convicted murderer and the family member hugging each other. But even then, they, you could tell they knew nothing was going to happen and they were touched. Of course, with beautiful moments like this, and if you go to www.dumbasstalkingpolitics or YouTube or anywhere, you can see the entire speech. You can see the whole scene. I mean, it was wonderful. And audio doesn't do it any justice. You actually have to see this kid. You have to see how he's feeling. You have to see the judge. You just have to see it. Well, of course, when you have a beautiful moment like this, a moment that is religious, a moment that is seeped in faith, you have to have some group that's going to screw it up. The Freedom From Religion Foundation, an atheist group, filed a complaint against Judge uh, Cam Tammy Kemp. Quote, this is not from, actually, this is going to be from Andrew Seidel, the, one of the attorneys from the group. Quote, this is wrong on several levels, not the least of which is using a public office to promote her personal religion to someone who she is sentencing. It's unconstitutional and wildly inappropriate for a judge. She should know better. And that's all. That's only one level. Well, here, here's the first thing. Um, she's not promoting her religion. She never promoted her religion. The woman, she never brought up her religion. The woman was already sentenced. Geiger was already uh, given uh, convicted. There was religion had nothing to do with it, but the words from someone who believes in something can touch someone else. A judge is a human being, not just a judge, not a machine. He continues, quote, Freedom from Religion Foundation is filing a judicial complaint about the unconstitutional pro, uh, pro I don't know how to pronounce that word. We need more compassion in our criminal justice system, but here, compassion crossed the line into coercion. Judges cannot impose their personal religion on others. FFRF is urging the commission to investigate Kemp's actions at the close of the trial. 
gifting a Bible, instructing a convicted criminal on how to read the Bible and which passages to pay attention to, and uh, prosethalizing, uh, whatever that is, and witnessing to that convicted murderer. These judicial actions were inappropriate and unconstitutional, the Freedom from Religion Foundation contends. Okay, again, I'm going to say something right now. I'm going to give you five seconds to, to put this on pause or fast forward it ten seconds if you can. But I only have two words from these bozos. I lied. I'm just not going to say it. F you. How dare they? The judge, again, never imposed her religion during the trial. And the only time she even brought up religion was after Geiger was convicted and sentenced. Same with Jean's speech. Jean's speech was after she was convicted and sentenced. And his words affected people in the courtroom. What the judge did was compassion. Geiger was obviously affected. She was bawling. She wouldn't let the kid go. This was an accident. There's no question this was an accident, and her sentence shows it was an accident. Compassion is what Kemp showed, and there was no reason to, to sit back and ignore everything else. And by the way, religion and showing religion, not unconstitutional. That is the biggest load of crap that the left wants to throw at you. That's a lie. The First Amendment says you have the freedom of religion, not the freedom from religion. You don't want to celebrate a religion? Don't. That's fine. That's on you. That's your religion. For atheists, that's their religion, being free from religion. Most atheists are probably not even atheists. They're agnostics. Most agnostics couldn't care less what you show. These people hate religion so much that they piss on it every time they can, they can, uh, every time they get the opportunity. This, like this, there was no reason to throw off like this. This was, this is not putting a, uh, uh, the Ten Commandments in front of a state building or something like that, which I also think is crap. And that crap that they like to throw at you. The sep quote, the separation of church and state, end quote, is not in the Constitution. That was in a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Baptists in Connecticut explaining why the federal government could not stop the state of Connecticut from establishing an official religion. That's what it came for. The state in this case was not the government. It was the federal government. State governments can have an official religion. State governments can celebrate religion. Thomas Jefferson, who was an agnostic, he wasn't exactly a religious, but Thomas Jefferson never meant for the government to have nothing to do with religion. In God we trust in our money probably would have been gone by this point. California, according to, the, according to Thomas Jefferson's letter, California could declare its official religion devil worship, and the state, which is the federal government, can do nothing about it. It is one of the most misread quotes in U.S. history, and no one bothers, both on the left and the right, to actually read the entire letter. Because if they did, they'd say, oh, wait a minute. And let's not forget, Thomas Jefferson helped with the Bill of Rights. 
He knew what the First Amendment was about. I just want to say to the Freedom From Religion Foundation, you folks hope, better hope you're right, and the only thing you guys are going to do when you die is end up worm feast. If you're wrong, and there is a hell, I don't necessarily believe in a hell, by the way, that's a different podcast altogether, I I guarantee you, I hear it, hell really sucks this time of year, which is every day of the year. Well, maybe it was, maybe hell is suffering from global warming and that Alexander Ocasio-Cortez had a point there. Okay, that went way longer than it should have. Um, but I am going to do one more thing. It's very short, very short, and it's just fun. I used to love Saturday Night Live. I used to love Saturday Night Live. It used to be a little bit more than a political show like it is now. Um, can't stand it now because it's it's political, but it's political on one side. The great thing with Saturday Night Live is they used to pick on everybody. It it was Bill Clinton. They used to have a parody of Bill Clinton, and it was fantastic. George W. Bush, H. W. Bush, whichever it was, H. W. Bush. His parody was outstanding. And the, the last George Bush, he was great, but they would make fun of everybody. Well, they stopped doing that. Now they're just messing with Trump, and it's a mean comedy. It isn't even a fun comedy to watch. Well, last weekend, they actually did one where they uh, had a town hall debate about the impeachment. It was pretty funny. Uh, why don't you listen to this? It's the impeachment town hall. Good evening, I'm Erin Burnett. The Democratic candidates have united together and decided to handle the impeachment the only way they know how, with a muddled 10-person town hall debate. First, please welcome Guy, who tragically misread our enthusiasm for him, Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> Yeah, uh, thanks for still, like, having me around. This is rad. Uh, now, can I say a few words in eighth grade Spanish? We really don't have time for that. Oh, lo siento en la biblioteca. Next, he was asked to be introduced as the Asian bad boy of tech, but I'm just going to say Andrew Yang. Do you think my candidacy is going well? I'm literally giving free money to people, and I'm still in sixth place. Next, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. I'm blessed to be here. And I should point out that we're limiting the amount of time you can speak based on how well you're doing in the polls. So, Cory, you get five words. Um, impeach Trump now because trouble? Thank you, Cory. Would you like to leave now to beat traffic? I would. <laughs> Next, we have the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Pete Buttigieg. Hi. No, it's, it's Buttigieg, right? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Sure. And appearing tonight live via astral projection is Marianne Williamson. Konnichiwa, girlfriend. 
Here's how I will impeach Donald Trump. I will trap his soul inside this crystal, which I should warn you is also a yoni egg. So this election vote for magic. Good morning. It was it was really funny. I, it was it was it was about ten about twelve minutes long. I didn't mean, obviously I played about a minute, I think a minute or so. Uh, go take a look at it, listen to it. Uh, com. You can also find it on YouTube. It was an absolutely great video. And you know something? If SNL decided to wreck everybody equally, I think they'd probably have a higher viewership than they do right now. They definitely would not be pissed on the way they are. Um, I just, it, it, this is, that's comedy. It's comedy, and, and the funny thing is, they also had a Trump parody, too. And you know something that was easier to watch when you've watched something like that? But anyway, I wanted to end the, I wanted to end the night in good standing. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. Visit my website and show notes uh, at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, no spaces. Uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and, uh, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.